So Money Episode 1019, Ask Farnoosh, answering your coronavirus questions. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everybody. Friday, March 20th. How's everybody hanging in there? Hmm? I'll tell you, on our end, our nanny is not here. My husband and I are working from home. I normally work from home. Normally not a problem. But when you add two kids under the age of six to the mix in a small rental apartment, oh yeah, magical. Right now I'm recording this episode while my husband is outside the bedroom with the children trying to keep them quiet. We're working in shifts. This is like day four of our self-quarantine. I'll tell you another thing that's not exciting. I've been to the Dr. Oz show twice in the last week in person, and it turns out that they recently had to send an employee home who tested positive for COVID-19. Yeah, that's not nerve-wracking at all. But truth be told, you can get the virus anywhere, anytime. And so that's why social distancing is so important. Doing a lot of my media right now via Skype, FaceTime, Zoom. We're all doing the best we can. I want to dedicate this episode to answering your money questions that have been coming through the pipeline. And I I don't even have to ask. All of your questions are related to what's happening right now in the economy. Many of you are worried about your income. Many of you are concerned about making rent this month or paying your bills this month. Totally get it. And I do have some advice for you. Additionally, I'm trying to do more videos. So if you haven't caught any of my videos, go to youtube.com slash TV youtube.com slash Farnoosh Tarabi TV, or go to Instagram on my feed. I've been posting some videos, longish videos, addressing your concerns, your questions about the coronavirus and your money. There's a lot of questions. So this podcast is not just a rehash of those videos. These are fresh questions that have come through Instagram and YouTube and everywhere. Before I get to them, let's go to the iTunes review section. Still keeping up with this one. Now more than ever, connection is very important. I would love to offer someone who leaves a review on iTunes a free 15-minute money session. I had a call just today with Moira from Germany. Moira, if you're listening, thanks so much for supporting the show. Loved connecting with you today, learning about what's going on on your end. Moira is in Germany. And of course, uh, this is a global pandemic and Germany is starting to shut down businesses, shut down schools and businesses are being impacted. Moira is pivoting her typically in-person workshop to a virtual workshop. And we were walking through some of the ways that she could get some sponsorship. So want to go to the review section this week and say thank you to Carrie, who says I'm binging on this podcast. Carrie says, I discovered so money in the last few weeks and I've been binging past episodes and sending favorites to all my friends. As a formerly avoidant person when it comes to money, I'm making up for lost time by listening to Farnoosh. Thank you for giving women and listeners more power and financial independence. Carrie, love that you use the word power. I can tell you're listening because power is my new favorite word. Empowerment's what I've been used used to saying, and I like empowerment. It serves a purpose, but power is really what I'm talking about, right? I want everyone to have financial power, authority, control over their lives, which right now we can feel like we have none of that. 
And so that's why I want to dedicate this episode to giving you some solutions. If you're feeling nervous, anxious, fearful about your financial reality or what it's going to look like in the next few months. But Carrie, get in touch. Email me, Farnoosh at SoMoneyPodcast.com or go on Instagram and direct message me and let me know you're the Carrie who left this generous review. I'll promptly follow up with a link so that we can chat about what's on your plate. I'm not going to lie, everybody. I am a little scared. I am confident, however, that our country and the world is going to get on the other side of this stronger, more resilient. But honestly, how long is this going to last? How many jobs will be lost? You know, we've been talking about a recession and that's, I think, obviously going to be happening. But could we fall into a depression? Nearly everyone has been economically impacted in some way over the last few weeks, whether it's, you know, you had a hit to your investments, your income or both. I don't know. As a journalist, as a longtime financial correspondent who's lived through two market crashes, including the tech bubble bursting, the great financial recession, personally, I've been laid off. I'm doing my best to inject some sanity, some steps, some strategy to help us feel like we're more in control, working with the media to share some advice and immediate next steps. But all the while, you know, I am catching myself offering advice that feels out of character for me. Advice that may come across as somewhat alarmist, but I'm unapologetic about it. I have to say, you may be hearing me saying things like, just pay the minimums on your debt. Stop investing in your 401k if you don't have an emergency fund. You don't normally hear me saying these things, but times are different right now and they're kind of scary. And if you don't have savings, you're going to hear me saying this a lot. If you don't have savings to last you what could be six months of unemployment, then you need to do everything that you can in your power to bulk up that savings. If it means talking to your landlord and deferring your rent, if it means not investing in your 401k like you have been to get liquid, to have savings, because that I know no matter where this goes, how long it lasts, how crazy it gets, when you have cash, you have more power. So before we get to the mailbag, I wanna go through some of my top tips right now, general top tips that are a little counter to what you normally hear me say, but it's important to say these things. Number one, maybe you don't bother paying your rent this month. Certainly call your landlord and ask for a pardon or some sort of arrangement to pay it at a later time. Don't just do this on your own without any notice. But if that doesn't get you anywhere, if your landlord's really being a stickler about it, go and read your lease and understand your eviction rights. And likely, I I would guess you cannot get kicked out right away. It's a process. And we know that tenants typically have more rights in many cases than landlords. Definitely talk to your landlord about pardoning this month's rent, maybe next month's rent. Number two, call and ask your credit card issuer if you can skip this month's payment as well. Really. I have a friend who texted me and said, I normally pay off my business credit card every single month in full. What should I do this month? I own a salon, a hair salon. No one's coming in. I've shut down the business. What do I do? And you know, four days ago, she asked me this. I said, I would just call up your credit card company. I don't know. But now we know a lot of credit card companies are issuing statements saying, if you cannot make this month's payment because of the coronavirus, because of coronavirus-related hardship, call us. We have relief programs, whether that's dismissing your payment for this month, whether that's reducing your interest rate or getting rid of the interest, getting rid of the fees, but you have to be proactive about it. Speaking of debt, if you don't have savings, pay the minimums, whatever you need to do, pay on time, keep your head above water, but stay liquid, build up that cash reserve instead. Similarly, if you don't have savings and yet you've been contributing to your employer's 401k, 
If you don't have at least six months of savings, stop contributing. Put that money into your bank account, into savings until you feel like you have enough to tide you over a potential long period of job loss. If you don't have a 401k, but you have an IRA or a Roth IRA, same thing. Put that money in an emergency fund. And by the way, the Roth IRA, you can take contributions out of your Roth IRA penalty free in an emergency like this. Again, cash is king. And a lot of people are asking me, is this a good time to get married, have a wedding, you know, buy a house? I personally am not making any big life decisions right now. You know, I'm waiting a month, two months to see how all of this either escalates or de-escalates. We, for example, have halted our house hunt. We made two offers on two homes in the past month. Each time we got outbid and each time we were a little sad. But right now I am dancing. I am so happy that I am not currently going through the process of having to take cash and put it into a home. That's probably going to depreciate, my guess, in the next year, in the next two years. So those are my top line pieces of advice for anyone listening and wanting reassurement, wanting permission to do things that they normally wouldn't do with their money because it's not the traditional good advice, the good steps, you know, pay into your 401k, start a Roth IRA. I'm saying if you don't have at least six months of savings, if you have just one month and you've been contributing to your 401k, you've been paying extra on your debts, stop. Take that extra cash, put it towards your savings because that is what's going to help you. You have that six months of savings or more, that's when you can start to get a little bit more aggressive with other things like your debt and your retirement. Okay, specifically your questions now. This is from an anonymous listener who says, my husband and I live in the Bay Area and we both work in tech. We've been saving for a down payment for a house. So we have a bunch of cash set aside for that. And between the two of us, we have an emergency fund that would last about four months. I also have a brokerage account and I'm wondering if it makes sense over the next few months to divert some of the cash I was putting into our house fund and investing it in index. Funds. We're talking like three to ten thousand dollars. She says we have other basics covered. We're maxing out our 401k. What do you think? Love your show. It was the first podcast I ever listened to religiously. Well, thank you so much for sticking with this community. I appreciate your loyalty, your listenership. My advice, first things first, four months of rainy day savings is good. It's great, actually. But can you get closer to six months, seven months? I don't know specifically what companies you work for. I won't even begin to predict whether or not your jobs are going to be stable in the next six months or a year. You'd be a better guesser of that. But it sounds like you have money coming in right now. You've got money that you can move around. So could you take some of the house fund first and put it in your rainy day savings. I don't know if you're still interested in buying a house right now. From what I just said, it's for us not the right move. It doesn't feel like the right move, but this is a personal question. You have to assess your finances, your liquidity, your risk tolerance, your overall life goals. For us, this is not as urgent as maybe just hunkering down and waiting it out and seeing where things go. But to answer your question, as far as moving some money around to invest more, I do think you can get there. I would prefer that you maybe take this uh, extra $10,000, put it in your savings account first. Then with whatever extra income that's coming in, if you're gonna take from the housing fund, first thing, put it in rainy day savings. And then if you've got more money, Take from whatever, you know, your income, the housing fund, 
put it in the index fund. I do think looking back on this in the next year or two, we will be saying like this was a buying opportunity, not because we want to flip stocks, not because we want to you know buy and sell within a short period of time, but because we want to buy and hold. The market has gotten quite the beating. I'm not calling a bottom. It's anyone's guess. But I do think that a lot of these companies will see better times, will see better days. Advice for everybody, if you haven't started to invest and you do have capacity to invest because you have savings, then I would say start investing. Now's a better time than any. But to answer your question, my friend in San Francisco, I would first take any extra money that you have. If you feel like the housing fund is a little frothy, take some of that and put it in savings, get to a six-month cushion, and then from there reassess. If you've got extra money, put more towards investing. Hope that makes sense. All right, a question here about what to do with your mortgage payment. Waterman on Instagram, thank you for your great advice as always during these weird financial times. I know, weird, right? I am wondering the best course of action for my rental property right now and would love to hear your thoughts. Last year, I started renting out a condo. It basically breaks even and pays for itself. It went back up for rent in mid-March. Bad timing. I don't think it's going to get rented anytime in the next month. Should I ask my mortgage company about a pause on payments while it's on the market unoccupied. I have a fairly stable job and enough in cash to pay for the mortgage and my personal expenses for at least a year, even if I lost my job today. But the rental mortgage is by far my biggest expense each month, and I'm trying to be prudent, take care of myself while also not screwing people over. Would pausing it impact my credit score? Pausing it might impact your credit score. That's very important to know. So if you do call up your mortgage company, and I do think you should, and just learn about your options, you want to also learn what the consequence of these options are. If you were to take them up on their offer to pause your payments, how is that going to be recorded on your credit report? But If you have enough money to cover yourself and then some for the next year, I know this is going to be still a big expense to make every month. You say it's your one of your biggest expenses, your biggest expense every month. I'm going to offer a piece of advice. You don't have to take it, but could you reduce the rent dramatically and help someone out to live there for less for a time being? A lot of people are having a hard time on the other side of this equation, just paying their rent right? You say no one's renting this because maybe the rent is just too high for some people right now. So could you reduce the rent, help out a neighbor, have them move in for the next three months, for the next six months to cover them because they may not be able to afford where they're currently at? Just something to think about if you're also wondering how can I be helpful in these times. But yes, everybody, regardless of your financial situation, call your lenders and learn about what your options may be. Now, it doesn't sound like you have been impacted dramatically by the coronavirus, right? You haven't lost your job. What you need to prove to your mortgage company, I would guess, is hardship stemming from the coronavirus, personal hardship. Because you can't rent it out, that could be because of the coronavirus, but could it be other factors? I don't know. And this is where, again, you have to call and talk it through with your bank. So glad to hear that you have enough covered for you in these times. A listener wants to know how to make money fast. Joan says, hi, Farnation, I'm a mom of three. Please, I need help on how to work from home. I want to earn my own money and help my husband with the bills. If you can kindly share how to start, I'm a fast learner. Thank you. 
All right, Joan, great question. A lot of people are wondering how to recover financially, make income if you've had your hours cut back, if you haven't been working and now your spouse's job is threatened, you as the partner want to jump in and help out. It happened during the recession. And a lot of times these side hustles turned into full hustles. So you never know where this could lead. But yes, I do have some ideas for you, virtual ideas. Obviously, you can't leave the house, but check out sites, Joan, like upwork.com. Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com also sponsors this podcast, but I've been using them for many years. Freelancer.com. Go on Facebook and let people know that you're looking to be hired. Think about what your skills may be, your fast skills that you can start applying virtually, whether that's copywriting, editing, translation, transcription, teaching something. Tutor.com is another great site where you can go and actually sign up to be a tutor. TaskRabbit, although many of those jobs probably don't qualify right now because they require being out and about in person, a lot of virtual jobs are also posted on TaskRabbit.com. Can you help somebody with software, with design? I don't know what your skills are, but that's what the exercise is for you. Thinking about what are my skills? What are some things that people need help with right now? Small business owners, freelancers, everyday people who need help online with something. You say you have three kids, probably know a lot about parenting, a lot about how to entertain your children. For new parents who are home now, stuck with their children, not stuck, but you know what I mean, trying to work from home and parent at the same time and teach at the same time. Is there a service that you can offer online, a membership on Facebook that people can come on every day for an hour? You're teaching them something. You're teaching their kids something and occupying them. But check out those websites, think about what your skills are, how you can transfer them online and be helpful to people right now. And my best wishes to you and your family. Chelsea wants to know, can she negotiate a layoff? Okay, so here's Chelsea's question. Hi, I've been listening for a while and would like to know your opinion. I've been at my new job for about three months, being that I am a fairly new employee and there is talk of a recession and stocks are crashing. I wanted to know how to prepare for a possible layoff. I've been slow paying my debt, mostly at 0% interest. Would it be smart to pay off the debt quickly with liquid cash if I were laid off or continue to slowly pay the debt with my emergency fund? Can you negotiate a layoff? For example, if I make $100,000, am I able to ask for $50,000 to work part-time to save myself from being completely laid off and saving the company a little money? How can I start preparing now? I know the basics, you know, build an emergency fund, pay down your debt, lower living expenses, pay your mortgage first. I also work part-time, which would cover maybe 60% of my current expenses if I were laid off and have four months of an emergency fund. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. All right, so Chelsea, you do have that part-time job, which is great. It's great that you're diversifying your income. I don't know about going in and asking preemptively, proactively, hey, not sure if you're thinking of having a layoff, but if you do, what if we cut a deal where you just pay me half? I'm not really sure that's the wisest thing to do. It may just be better to ride things out at your job because remember, the longer you're on the job making the full salary, the better chance that you're going to get a higher severance, right? The severance is often calculated based on you know what you've been making, how long you've been on the job, et cetera, et cetera. So don't shoot yourself in the foot by saying, hey, just cut my hours back. Uh, they might even just 
fire you all together at that point because they're like, well, you're already sort of mentally prepared for this. And I don't know, but I just don't want you to put thoughts in your employer's mind. Chances are they're already thinking about downsizing. Your best move right now is to be valuable, prove your worth to your boss, do the good work, keep earning that paycheck, not just because you need it, but because you want to prove your value to your boss. And if they do have to decide who gets to stay and who gets who gets a ping slip, hopefully you'll be spared. Keep that side hustle going. Continue to save like you said you have been. I think the way you save your company a little bit of money, don't ask for a pay cut. Go to your boss and say, how can I be more helpful to you? How can I take on more work? This is what happened during the recession inevitably. Those who were spared from a layoff started doing other people's jobs in addition to their own. So that's a better strategy rather than saying, how can I cut my wage, which is not good for you, although you think you're doing them a favor, but how can I maybe take on more responsibility? Because at the end of the day, when it comes time to deciding who gets to stay, who can be spared, a lot of times it comes down to what is the value of that person as far as how they're contributing to their bottom line. If you can already start to prove that, go above and beyond your responsibilities. I'd rather work harder and make the same amount of money than make less and do the same amount of work. You're going to prove your value to your company. You're going to go above and beyond. And that I think is a better shield in the event of a layoff. Hope that makes sense. My friend Bianca from SF, San Francisco, just got a windfall, ladies and gentlemen. Great timing. Got to say, she just inherited $36,000 and she wants to know what to do with it. Here's her situation. She's got $58,000 in student loans, a combination of loans, all different interest rates. She has about $25,000 in long-term savings, uh, $2,000 in short-term savings, which she's using for an upcoming wedding, travel. She's got about $6,000 in a Roth IRA, about $800 and change in a brokerage account. She makes take-home pay of just under $37,000. She lives, again, in the Bay Area, high cost of living, but she's been living at home for five years after college. She just moved out last April, and she's paying a discounted rent, which is great. So she's wondering, should she put this inheritance towards the debt or maybe do a hybrid of $10,000 in savings and the rest towards debt? Or is it okay if I put $3,000 towards my wedding and the rest towards debt? All right, my friend, if you've been listening up till this point, you know, you know what I'm going to say, right? I'm going to say, save it. Don't worry about aggressively paying down those student loans because we're also hearing about, you know, interest potentially going away on student loans for a while. This is uh, folding into this uh, big relief package. We don't know the details so much of that, but what I'm hearing is that interest is going to get paused on student loans. And so what you were paying is going to stay the same on a monthly basis. Like let's say your monthly payment was $400. That's now going to be 0% interest, but it's still $400. So that's all going to go to the principal, which is going to help you knock down your debt balance faster. And then I don't know what's going to happen later with interest. I don't know if they're going to tack on more interest down the road because you didn't pay the interest. Now, I don't know, but we don't care, right? We just want to keep head above water right now. So I wouldn't be aggressive with the student loans. Would not. I would take it and I would put it towards savings. Absolutely. And I would not be making any firm plans on your wedding if it's this year. I'm sorry to say, very scary time to be hosting an event of any kind, whether that's a wedding, whether that's a conference, whether that's a workshop. Be sure 
that you have contingencies in place, that you're speaking to all your vendors about refund policies, that you're not paying anyone until you have to. All right. This is the reality that we're in. I've already uh, heard from a friend that she's canceling her wedding that was supposed to happen in May. She's rescheduled it to the fall, but that could also get upended depending on how crazy things get, right? I just, if you were my best friend, my sister, which I consider all of you my closest friends at this point, right? We've been doing this podcast for five years. So the best friends I've never met in person, but we've, you've heard my voice quite enough. I'm going to tell you, just don't make any big life moves, decisions towards big life moves right now. You know, it's great that you've got some savings for your wedding. Awesome. Take care of yourself first. If your job goes away for the next six months, are you going to be okay? That's what you need to be asking yourself right now. And thank the heavens that you got this inheritance. Could not have come at a better time. I'm so happy for you, Bianca. Okay, last but not least, a question from Savannah who says, I was told last week that her pay would be cut $15,000 because her company was struggling in sales, but that I would get it back, she says, when we pick up. But of course, now the coronavirus is hitting and making things worse. She says, I'm worried that if I stay... I'll risk losing my job entirely, but if I leave, I won't get my compensation back. I do have a $5,000 emergency fund and I am actively looking for new jobs, but I want to find the right fit if possible. And it's just not the best time to job hunt. Any thoughts or suggestions? So my suggestion is don't quit your job. Don't do that because why? You know, if you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your job, but don't pre, don't actively quit because then first of all, you might not qualify for unemployment. Now you want to ride out this job. If they lay you off to no fault of your own, then you can very well qualify for unemployment. And that's going to be important to you, right? To be able to keep head above water while you have this job, save as much of your money as possible. Take all the advice that you've heard so far. The good thing about being the last question here is that hopefully you've listened to the whole episode and you've started to pick up on some things, right? If you've been paying down your debt aggressively, wouldn't do it. Just pay the minimums. Put the rest towards savings. 5000 is cool. Great. But how many months is that going to carry you through? Is that six months? Probably not, right? So how can you, in the meantime, while the income is still coming in, bulk up your savings? hard, of course, because you've also lost $15,000. But in other ways, can you shore up cash? And continue looking for a job. People are still hiring. It may require pivoting industries, taking the skills that you have and applying them into industries that are still hiring, industries that are more reliant on technology, on online sales, not the person-to-person knocking on doors kind of sales, right? All right, Savannah, good luck to you. Great question. Thank you for tuning into the show. Keep the questions coming, everybody. Send me your questions. Email farnoosh at somanypodcast.com. Instagram at farnoosh tarabi. Check out my new YouTube. We've got a couple of videos up already, but hopefully be populating that every single week, one to two videos a week. Keep your questions coming, dedicating the Friday episodes to answering your money questions as always. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your weekend is so money. Money.